0: Hey everyone, it's Simon here. Welcome to our podcast on behalf of Maria and I. Man, it's starting to really feel like 2023 now. We are a couple weeks in. We've had in-person church, so I'm recording a special podcast-only version of the teaching, the sermon, and uh, I'm really excited about it. Hey, we got a huge year coming. We're going to weekly services starting February 5th. Uh, the podcast is still going to keep rolling every week. We have church, so stay in tune with what's going on there. If you want to know more about all of that, head to our website, everyonechurch.com.au, and uh, get in contact with us, get in touch with us. It's just the beginning. We've had such a great start, church planning, and we're really, really excited about 2023. And not fake hype either. We're, we we really believe that God is up to something very, very special With our church. Now, to start the year, we have been sharing on the topic of calling, which we will continue next week. But for our first in person service, I just felt to pause that for a moment and share a quick thought around what I like to call the passion equation. The passion equation. Now, this is a very simple thought, but I believe it's very profound and it can help you in your walk with the Lord, particularly as we head into an amazing year that is 2023. Christianity is predominantly built on principles and truths, not equations. Okay, now there are some things though that, that are somewhat of an equation in the Christian faith. And what I mean by that is this: like if you have faith in the name of Jesus, you are saved. Okay, that's a bit like an equation. Faith plus the name of Jesus equals salvation. It's not that it that it happens sometimes or uh, there's a certain probability. No, no, no. The scriptures say, they make it very clear, that whosoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Okay? So there's an equation there. There's other equation-type things in the Christian faith. Like, for example, whatever I sow, I will reap. And that's a bit of an equation that's been um, abused. Like, people think, if I sow financially, I'm going to get rich things like that but you know that's an example there of that it's not really about this kind of mathematical thing if I sow I will reap it's more about the principle of generosity the principle of treating others with love uh, and and receiving that back and not being uh, hateful towards our neighbor so you know the the christian faith is predominantly about principle about truth and the one thing i love about the christian faith is it's not married to a specific culture or a specific time. Uh, There's lots of faith in the world today that uh, when you subscribe to them, you are subscribing to a certain section of history. You have to dress with certain fabrics. You have to wear certain things. Christianity is not like that. Uh, Following Christ is is about principles, about about believing in Him. It's about foundations of truth, and how that is expressed is somewhat fluid throughout history. You know, it changes. It's it you know, some people like loud music, some people like hymns, some people you know, there is a fluidity to the Christian faith, and it's very dynamic. And that's what's amazing about being a Christian is is God is dynamic. The way of faith is dynamic. But I want to share my favorite. Bible verse. It's been my favorite Bible verse for many, many years, and it's in Psalm 37.4. It says this. It's very simple. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, there are a couple different ways we can read this scripture. I'll tell you what this doesn't mean, okay? This doesn't mean that if I take delight in the Lord... I will get everything that I want, which is how some people interpret it. Oh, delight in the Lord, and he'll give me my heart's desires. I'll get a new car. If I delight in the Lord, I'll get that promotion at work. I don't believe that is an accurate reading. Uh, there's other ways to read it too, but one way that I think is, is quite profound, and I think more lines up with the truth of Scripture, is this. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires, meaning, as I delight in the Lord... He gives me new desires in my heart. He gives me my heart's desires, right? And in truth, uh, you know, as I delight in the Lord and He gives me my heart's desires, uh, in, in all honesty, God is everything that the human creation desires in, in truth, so, so there is a sense of, as I delight in him, he is everything that I could possibly desire. But there's also a transformational effect to delighting in the Lord. As I focus on him, as I gaze upon him, as I pursue him, he changes my heart. He changes my heart. And I believe there's also a bit of an equation here, a bit of a, a principle here. Uh, what I delight in, I will desire okay? And also what I desire will become my passion. And I call this the passion equation. Like for example, I delight delight in M&M's. I I like M&M's, peanut M&M's, not a huge fan of crunchy M&M's, but it's interesting that as you, you know, you you don't want to be super passionate about M&M's, but as you eat one and you delight in it, It's amazing how that desire builds (laughs) and that passion for some M&Ms, whether it's in your McFlurry or, uh, or just when you're watching a movie, how that kind of grows. Now, what do you delight in today? I guarantee you, if you look at what you delight in, it will correlate with where your passions lie. What are you passionate about? Uh, here, here's, a, here's a different question. What do you want to be passionate about? You know, when our passion for something is low, like people say, oh, I'm just not as passionate about the things of God anymore. I'm not passionate about prayer. I'm not passionate about you know my pursuit of Christ. I would challenge you that you don't have a passion problem. What you have is, in fact, a delight problem, a delight problem. Now, what do I mean by delight? Well, it's the literal definition of delight is to be glad in. So in other words, what do you take joy in? Where do you put your time, your thoughts, your energy, your money, your affection? What gets the best of your life? What gets the best of your life? The big point here in the passion equation is the more I delight in God, the more he changes my heart's desires, the more I will gain desire for him, the more I will be passionate about him. And I think Jesus said it best in Matthew 6, 21, where he says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Isn't, doesn't that line up there? Where your treasure is, okay? And that that's not just money. That could also be your time, your focus, your your affection. Where your treasure goes, there the desires of your heart will also be. You know, we need to watch where our delight is going. Where is your delight leading you? I think this is an important question to ask, particularly at the start of a, a year. Where is my delight leading you? And often it's where we dwell right that becomes and where we delight that becomes our, our growing passion and passion's a bit of a funny thing sometimes you know it expresses itself in different ways like for example you'll find most christians who are somewhat passionate about the things of god and about church tend to have a real critical edge towards church life oh man we got lots of opinions about church uh, about the music about the, the sound, the lighting, the preaching, oh my goodness, the, the, the doctrine, the, the uh, this and that. And, and, and there's a real strong, you know, and sometimes we can look at criticism as like a real enemy, and it can be, uh, but I look at criticism sometimes as a great indicator of passion. Criticism is like passion going in the wrong direction, right? Uh, you're critical because you care. You're critical because there's something there that you're like, I actually care. You're not going to be critical about something you don't like, you don't care about. Like, for example, I don't care about Avatar, so I don't have a, an opinion about it. You know, it's all over the all the ads, all Avatar movies. I just don't care, so I don't really have a, a thought about it. But there are things that I am passionate about that I have lots of thoughts about. But what we need to be careful is that we don't stay in criticism, right? We need to turn that criticism into gratitude, into thankfulness. And even in a church planning context, there's not a lot about um, church planning from an aesthetic point of view that that is super delightful. You know, you've got services that are pretty grassroots. You've got, if, if you're looking for like production values in a, in a church, uh, you're not going to find them too much in a church plant. But let me tell you something. There is a lot of delightful things in a church plant. There is a loving community. There is the presence of God. There is a, being on the cutting edge of what God is doing in a community because God wants to establish his church in the earth, right? So I believe as we delight, as we turn that criticism into delight, as we, as we be thankful, we count our blessings, we be, we be full of gratitude, okay? This is the kind of passion that we want to build. What you delight in, you will desire. What you desire will become your passion. And sometimes our passion just needs a jump start of delight. Like you know, it's January. Uh, so many people go out and they get new things. You know, for the new year, new gym memberships. It's amazing how your passion for the gym gets a little bit of a jump start when you invest in it, right? And I think it's so true. You know, take anything. I love guitars, man. Nothing gets me more fired up about playing guitar. Than buying something like a new pedal or something. What well, have you? What are you delighting? What are you investing in in your Christian life? You know, do you need a jumpstart of passion? Do you need to go and get some new worship CDs, get a new study Bible, do something to say, you know what? I want to delight. I want to invest. I want to um, pursue the things of God. So I'm going to direct my delight so I can gain a higher passion for something. You now, often we 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 associate passion with like fire, like, you know, that burning fire for God, you know, and fire takes work. It takes oxygen. It takes, you know, if you've ever had a campfire, you know, it takes adding wood, adding things, right? I, I think there's an intentionality to our passion. It's just not it's emotional. It's not hype, okay? Hype is not Hype is like fleeting passion. It's like in a moment, right? Or even look at something like your marriage. You want to have greater passion in your marriage? Start delighting in your husband or wife. Start delighting. Take them on a date. Say nice things. Think about how grateful you are for them instead of being annoyed at the little things they might not do. What you delight in, you will desire. What you desire will become your passion. And the cool thing about delighting in God specifically is that he will never leave us wanting he is a desire that he will fulfill unlike the things of the world you know it says in 1 john chapter 2 verse 15 do not love this world nor the things it offers you for when you love the world you do not have the love of the father in you in verse 16 for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Verse 17, and this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So that, isn't that just a, an amazing picture of the world? Leaving you wanting. You know, you can chase. I just went through the book of Ecclesiastes. You can chase, and Solomon's talking about how he chased pleasure. He chased pleasure uh, Everything, even working hard, he chased all these things, and it was all meaningless. It left him wanting, right? But pursuing God as I delight, and I, He fulfill, He fills my heart, my life with good things, with love, with hope, with a sense of fullness and purpose, because He is someone who never disappoints. Amen. So I wanted to just encourage us: Where's your passion? Where's your passion? Is your passion for God waning? Is your passion for the things of God like a dull ember? Well, start delighting. Start delighting. Take some time today. Take some time this week. Delight in God. You know, for me, uh, Maria and I, for the last number of years, in January, we go through the whole Bible in 30 days. And we have a number of people in our church doing it with us. It's called the 30-day shred. I predominantly listen. Uh, Some people, you know, I love to sit down and read. I like to listen as I'm driving, as I'm making coffee in the morning. But it's amazing when you start delighting in God's word, how you have a desire for it. This is the transformational power of what I call the Passion Equation, which is just a silly name to help us remember. But the point is, the the principle here is, as I delight in God, I will desire. He changes my desires. He gives me my heart's desires. I will desire more of him, and that becomes my passion. Come on, let's direct our delight towards the Lord. Let's direct our delight away from Netflix, away from all these things. If you're if you're concerned, oh man, my passion for God is low. will start delighting in him and you watch how your passion for him grows. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for every person that's listening to this podcast, people who are at church on Sunday. I thank you for the everything that's ahead of us as everyone, church, and as the people of God. And I just pray that we would have. On fire passion for you, and I pray that for every person that is struggling in the area of passion for the things of God, I, we just redirect today our delight towards you. We look to you, we thank you for your goodness, we thank you for who you are and all you've done. We delight in you today. We, we we count our blessings. Thank you that you are your mercies are new every morning. Thank you that you you give us grace. Your grace is sufficient for us and more, Lord. And we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, we're counting down to weekly services. Maria and I are having a baby very soon. Uh, Please keep us in your prayers and join us for online church over the next couple weeks. And we hope to see you on February 5th for the first of our weekly services. And we're looking forward to it. Have a blessed week.